Welcome to the Nurse Shark Academy Show, a Baxter Professional Services production. Welcome to the Nurse Shark Academy Show. I'm Tina Baxter, your host. We are experts in nursing and experts in business. The Nurse Shark Academy Show highlights nurse business owners and others in the healthcare field who promote entrepreneurship. We interview nurse leaders and encourage them to tell their story. Join us and support these wonderful nurse entrepreneurs and leaders. Today's guest is Allison DeMagistry. Hello and welcome to the Nurse Shark Academy. I'm Tina Baxter and I'm your host. Thank you for tuning in with us today. Today we have Allison, is it DeMagistry? DeMagistry. DeMagistry. Close. Okay. Very close. All right. She is uh, the owner of the Cardio Scribe. She's a medical writer and certified critical care registered nurse. She specialized in cardiology, but also writes for several other therapeutic areas, um, including uh, in journalism, blogging, continuing medication, medical education, and patient education. So I want to say uh, welcome, Allison, to the show. Thank you. Thank you very much. It's great to be here. Thank you. Would you like to kind of further introduce yourself? Sure. Um, I am a critical care nurse, as you've said, um, and have been critical care nurse for 10 years. Um, I started out um, in a kind of step down unit and then quickly went into critical care. It was kind of where I wanted to be. Um, and um, I have been in several different hospitals um, and several different units, but mostly um, focused in on cardiac care. So that's kind of where my focus has been with the medical writing um, and um, have just kind of progressed. I did a lot of travel travel nursing, especially during COVID, which was you know very challenging and it actually was what made me transition to, um, you know, becoming a freelance medical writer and just kind of needing some kind of outlet besides uh, clinical nursing in that atmosphere. I can imagine that's been quite challenging uh, to do the travel nursing strictly during COVID, but let's back up a little bit. What made you decide to become a nurse? Um, that actually is a little bit of a long story. Um, I started out, uh, nursing for me was a second career. Um, I was, I rode horses for years and years, um, race horses, really, um, and thought that that was where I wanted to be for the rest of my life. You know, as things turn, um, you know, I was married, I was married to a racehorse trainer, we had a family, you know, he had some um, problems and our our um, marriage didn't work out. So when that happened, I thought, oh, my gosh, I need some way to support my family. And I knew that, you know, I loved helping people. I loved um, the science part of, especially with horses, you know, you work with a lot of veterinarians, so you have um, you have a medical background and a biology background anyway. Um, so I thought, let me give nursing a try. And once I went to school and um, started my clinicals, I realized that, you know, this was where I wanted to be, particularly, you know, 
in critical care and the, the ICU rounds, um, that was really my love, you know, just being able to focus in on uh, people that were really sick, seeing how all the systems worked. It, it was, it was really fascinating to me. And I felt like every single day I was learning something new. So, and I think that's what I love so much about nursing is how much I've learned and how much I continue to learn every day, especially with, with the writing part of it too, because it's so much research. So, so with, with your start of your nursing career, did you start in critical care first? Were you one of those lucky ones that got hired right in or did you have to work med surge first? I did not work med surge. I worked in a step down unit um, thinking to myself, I, I knew I wanted to be in the ICU and it, you know, it's funny because now um, after COVID, everybody, everybody ended up in the ICU because that's where you were needed the most. And so they cross-trained and um, kind of even now you see a lot of young nurses in the ICU. It was easy. It was easy for them to, to get there because they were, they were so needed. Um, so when I started, it was more, you know, grunt work and learning and really figuring everything out and um, talking to the critical care nurses and talking to the critical care manager and um, just putting myself out there, you know, and, and letting them know that that's, that's where I wanted to be. That's where I really wanted to learn. Um, and it didn't take long. It was probably, probably about a year um, of just doing that basic nursing. And, and it's a good thing because I, I don't think it's a great place to be for new nurses because it is, it can be very um, fast paced and very intense. And it takes a lot of, um, it takes a lot learning just how to be a nurse before you even start learning how to take care of people and figuring out how to take care of people. Right. So how long have you been a nurse? Where did you go to school? I went to, originally, um, I got an associate's degree at Delaware Community College, um, graduated in 2013. So it's been 10 years. Um, and then as soon as I got finished with the two year, I could tell that the trend was the hospitals, especially where I am, um, and there's a ton of hospitals around. So it was, it's competitive at that point to, to get a job in a hospital where you really wanted to be, and they were all requiring bachelor's degrees. So as soon as I graduated, I enrolled at um, Wilmington University and got my bachelor's degree in the BSN probably within two years. Awesome. So that's important for people to know that, you know, it can be a different route. You didn't go straight into the BSN program. Mm -hmm. You got your ASN, as I like to say, kind of got your feet wet and realize yeah. that you get the extra education to get where you want it to go. And that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. And actually it's funny. Um, I was speaking with um, one of, one of the nurses I work with actually has a diploma. She got hers years and years ago. And she says, you know, I'm very proud of my diploma because we learned, we didn't learn in the classroom. 
you know, we learned hands-on all the time and that was the best way to learn. And she feels like she got the best education just from that. I think it was only two years, but it, it's, it's really so intense and so, so educating to do it that way. Um, and there's nothing wrong with getting an associates, getting, like you said, your feet wet and, um, hands-on skills are so important. And I think that the problem, you know, that we had with COVID was a lot of nurses didn't have that. They had to learn, um, through, you know, computer programs and, um, they didn't have even like touching people and talking to people. And it, it really makes a huge difference in, um, in how you take care of people. And it's, it's not just um, a physical thing, it's an emotional thing. You know, a lot of people really need that support, especially from nurses, because you spend so much time with them. Um, and in the ICU, it's, it's not always the patient, but it's the family that you're dealing with as well. Yes, I had some friends that were recent graduates during COVID and they um, got a graduate nurse license, provisional license, because they were still waiting on their scores, but they've passed everything else. And so they're like, go to work. And they started yeah. working you know, during the pandemic. Yeah. They just were handing out licenses like here. You, you, you've passed your schooling. Uh, you've taken the test. You don't have the scores yet, but we're going to give you a provisional license. And I think we're missing some of that immersive experience in nursing education now. Um, I've taught in academia and you're right, having a clinical rotation, maybe two or three weeks on one unit might not be enough to really get you immersed in what the skills that you need to have. And so uh, I'm a big fan of nurse residency programs and that type of immersive learning because I think it's important, as well as the foundational stuff, because I see the opposite happen where um, nurses have been trained in their area at their hospital and they're not able to make that connection when they go somewhere else that maybe that was a cultural thing and not necessarily evidence-based practice and they don't know why they do what they do it's just that we always did it that way and right. so that critical thinking piece is so important when you're a nurse particularly if you're in icu critical care because things go downhill pretty fast in those type of environments exactly yeah and you have to be able to pick up on it and and you know i think you're right in that um the nurse residency residency programs are great you know because they they give you space to learn you know um and i feel like uh nurses right now are under the gun you know they give them a quick orientation it's too quick because they need them you know they they need their they need them on the floor. They need them in the rooms. They need them taking care of patients and they don't give them enough time. And I think it, it, it causes those younger, newer nurses to um, be scared and not know what they should be doing. And I, I think that um, the more hospitals start to use nurse residency programs and make it a standard, I think things will get so much better. And even with retention, you know, I think yes. nurses stay put more because they feel more comfortable. They feel like they're, they're, they're being put in, in a good situation instead of um, 
always being rushed around and and not knowing exactly what they're doing and learning on the fly. You know, there's nothing wrong with learning on the fly, so to speak, but you want to have somebody there to back you up, to be able to say, yes, this is the right thing that you're doing, um, or no, that's wrong. Let me show you the right thing to do. And, um, you know, it's, it's so important to have nurse educators available for, um, for all nurses really, but especially younger nurses, because we have so many now um, that are getting hired into the hospitals and um, just, just having that piece where they have somebody to turn to. And I think nurse residencies do that because they know that they know they're covered, you know, and, and by the time they're ready to go out and, and do it on them on their own, confidence you know and they know what they're doing is is the right thing so and they they learn how to talk to patients and they learn how to talk to to um families and and doctors even a lot of nurses get intimidated you know when you you tell them well you need to call this doctor and and tell them this is what you need they get intimidated you know and and i think it just takes a little bit of time so i think i think you're right i think the nurse residency is is the perfect venue I know when I started out as a nurse, I was in orientation on one shift and in charge nurse on the next shift. Yeah. <laughs> and this is all pre-COVID, by the way. This is <laughs> I understand, almost over 20 years. Yeah, over. Yes, yeah, over 20 years ago. And I remember that. Um, and all I could think of was like, just keep them alive. <laughs> alive that's all you got to do i have 12 hours yeah i was on a detox unit so i was drafted to work the night shift so i had three new admits detoxing patients um and a no unit secretary and an aide that could barely walk (laughs) and you're supposed to do vitals every two hours Yeah. 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 It's, and, and like you're saying, that's pre-COVID, you know, that's and, pre-COVID. and yeah. that's pre-COVID. So it's, you don't, you don't realize how tough it is, you know, until you get in there and you see how much has to be done. And that's three patients. So, you know, now they're, you know, on a med search floor and some telemetry floors, they're asking them to work with, five, six patients, you know, and, and some of these people are very, very sick. They're not just, you know, sitting in the bed and getting up and going to the bathroom and on their own. They're, they're very sick people. And, um, you know, they need more attention than they get sometimes, you know, and, and I think that just having experience and how to deal with that really helps. You know, especially when you're on your own with no unit secretary and, and no tech and, you know, no backup. We, we already had five patients on the unit. And so they added three, came in on admissions. And so, you know, you're dealing with all that chaos. So I couldn't imagine being a brand new nurse during the COVID era, um, not knowing what, what's a, a reasonable patient ratio that I should have, because you're just do what they say, right? Oh, you yeah. can handle four patients. Yeah, wow. you can handle it. Exactly. That's right. Yeah. You'll be fine. You'll be fine. Expect <laughs> you're supposed to be able to handle it, right? Because you're new. Yeah. And this yeah. what leads to burnout later on. And this is why we're seeing more young nurses leaving the profession. 
Exactly. Uh, that's exactly right. And I think it has a lot to do with um, putting too much pressure too early um, and, and making, you know, newer nurses especially feel like, um, like they can't do it, that they need, some, you know, they have the knowledge, they have some practice, and they don't want to feel anymore. They don't want to feel that feeling of, of not being able to do what they need to do because they don't have time or they don't, um, you know, that's the other thing about nursing is time management is not something that comes naturally, you know, especially when you have five patients. I know as a critical care nurse now, if I get pulled to a med search floor here and there and they give me five patients, I my my brain is going to explode because it's it's too much for me to deal with. You know, I, I'm used to two patients at the most three on a bad day and um, I can't keep track. So, you know, when you're a new nurse, you have to learn that five patients and um, there's all these new things you're learning and it's, it's overwhelming. It's overwhelming. And, and to feel that every day when you go to work is, is, is not a good feeling. Well, think about this. Most nursing students in training, they may have one or two patients max. So you, they don't usually get five patients that they got to go pass meds on, right? So it's usually yes. one or yeah. two and you're taking them from that environment and saying, here's five. Um, and on you, psychiatry, you know, it's no, you might have 10, um, yeah. in the nursing home on a bad day, you yeah. might have, yeah, I, yeah I've, I've reported on stories like that, where there's one nurse for 90 residents. How is yeah. that safe? How is that fair? And you expect them to get good care. Um, yeah. yeah. So th those are some of the challenges that we face. So in, in uh, let's transition a little bit because I wanted to know how did you get into the medical writing and what types of topics do you write on? Um, so I got into the medical writing. Uh, I do. Ha I have another bachelor's degree, which was in English and creative writing. Um, and I actually did art as well. So I, I did some drawing and painting. Um, so I had that with me through these years. And I always wanted to write and I never knew what to write. But I knew I was good at writing. Um, I was one of those people that my I had good grammar, you know, I was kind of a grammar Nazi. I'll, um, you know, correct my kids English or whatever and, and their grammar, which gets on their nerves, but um, it would, that's natural to me. So I knew I would do it if I um, kind of put my mind to it. So it, it didn't necessarily start as medical writing, um, but I knew I wanted to do something independently and be able to do it at home and um, have some independence and ownership of what I was doing. So, um, so I started just exploring and I took some kind of little online courses here and there that were self-guided and um, I, I learned a little bit about the business and I actually um, through LinkedIn, I saw an advertisement for blog writing. So I wrote and I said, yes, I would love to do it. So they sent me a test article to write, which they passed and said, sure, you know, 
and um, it was for three cents per word and it was on um, real estate articles or blogs that um, were very, they'd send you the topic and then I had to write a thousand words on it. So for $30 an article, I was pulling my hair out because I didn't know anything about, you know, real estate or being a realtor and selling houses, but, um, but I got it done and it was good because I learned how to um, put links in a Google, Google doc and just little things that I didn't know how to do. Um, and then, you know, everybody's always talking about niching, you know, you have to niche, you have to figure out what you, what you want to write about and um, really concentrate on that. So I thought, you know, I know about this um, and it's something that I can do. So, um, so I, I just kept kind of getting more information and LinkedIn really has helped me um, kind of connect with other people um, and learn from them. So it is a lot about, um, you know, your profile on LinkedIn and connecting with the right people. And um, so I did that and I just got a little bit more confidence and started to, um, the first thing I did, I was scrolling through my phone one night when I couldn't sleep and looking at, um, I think it was like Indeed or something. And I found um, a, a job posting for a subject matter expert that could be a nurse. So I applied to it and they, they got back to me the next day. And it was um, a company that does videos for um, patient education. And so I've been doing that just freelance, um, but mm -hmm. I had no idea how to write a video script, none whatsoever. I had didn't know anything about it, but um, I knew I could learn how to do it. And I think that's the most important thing for anybody um, that wants to try something new, especially a nurse or somebody that's not happy with, you know, where they are presently is, um, you know, have confidence in yourself, you know what you know, and know that you can build on it. Um, and so that's, that's kind of what brought me to that. So I, I, I got the video script and then, um, you know, it just kind of snowballed from there. And, and now I, I'm very busy, you know, I'm almost too busy, but I keep, I get worried. So I just keep taking stuff on and I, and I get it done and I enjoy doing it. Um, but it's, it, it snowballs a lot of times. And I know other people say the same thing. You think, oh my gosh, I'm never going to be able to do this. And then all of a sudden, you know, you're in high demand because I think people need writers, you know, especially now you take it for granted because you can write, but not everybody can write, you know, and, and research and figure out how to put things together. So, that brings us to what's happening now in Hollywood with the writer's strike. And one of the things they're worried about is the uh, chat GPT or chat, whatever it's called. And um, those things, those, uh, so AI coming and taking over some yes. of the writing. And I know for myself that I participated in some of those articles um, that were AI started on LinkedIn and I acted as a contributor to them. Um, is that something that you worry about? Um, I don't at this point. I know I, I've seen the um, 
protests with AI. You know, I guess as far as AI goes, it could go anywhere. You know, it, it's pretty incredible. Um, but what I, and it, I think it needs to be controlled a little bit, a little, you know, it's kind of scary how uncontrolled it is right now, whether it's writing or, or anything else. And I think it's wonderful in, in some aspects, you know, I see physicians that, you know, read x-rays and it can pick certain things up on x-rays more quickly. And um, so I think it has good aspects, but I also, as far as writing goes, when you with the chat GBT or GPT, um, when you ask it a question, it all it does is scroll the internet, you know, and just lists what what it finds in a very generic manner. And of course, you can't trust everything that you see on the internet to begin with. So you don't know if what it's putting out there is accurate. Um, and I know they are, um, you know improving it obviously there's some that um, you can put in kind of the references you, that you want and it'll go through journals and scan it and bring you out the information but i just there's there's a human aspect to writing that i don't think it can be replaced in a lot of in a lot of venues you know i mean it might be able to be replaced in a textbook or something that's very generic but i think that writing you know you always hear with writing people tell you to find your voice you know and everybody has a specific way of writing and a specific voice in their writing that i don't think can be um brought through with with ai and like i said that could change who knows it maybe become more human than we are. I don't know in the future, but um, I don't, I just don't see it replacing humans at this point. And I could be totally wrong with that. I can't see it at this point either. I mean, I have trouble getting my TV remote to act properly when I ask it to find something. So I can't imagine it figuring out exactly all the things that you wanted to say and do and um, sound like your voice. And I think it's important that you go back and you add that human element. I mean, I guess it could be a useful tool um, to get you started, but it shouldn't be your yes. whole thing. Yeah. I think that's exactly right. I think you're correct in that. And I think a lot of people use it that way is to, you know, give them a quick overview of something or some ideas or, you know, oh, let me take that piece out of it and um, write about that piece and do it that way. But I think you're right. You know, there, it's, it's good for a general overview, but it's not, it's, it just, I don't think at this point it's a replacement. No. Nope. Which I think our our jobs are secure because now we've got yeah. nurse robots as well. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I've seen those on some of the units. <laughs> um, so that that's going to be quite interesting. Yes. So you're still working as a as a nurse yes. in the hospital, yes? Yes. Yes. And so do you yeah. still ride? I don't ride. No, um, I did as, as soon as I graduated from nursing school, I, that was pretty much the last time I sat on a horse, um, because I was actually, that was my source of income. So I was riding 
horses to make money to put myself through school. And as soon as I graduated, that was my last day, you know, and, and I, I miss it. You know, I, I do miss horses and my daughter actually rode for a long time too. So I got to be around horses and they're, I love them. They're lovely. And, um, you know, I spent a good part of my life around horses, but, um, I just feel like that, that part of my life has, has gone by, you know, and I'm okay with that. Whereas I think when I was in my twenties or thirties, I wouldn't have been okay with it, but, but now I am for sure. Well, now you can ride them for pleasure instead of work. If you want to ride. Exactly. Them. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, um, when you're doing your your freelance work, is it do you have like a company? I, I mentioned you had your own company. Is that what you said, the LLC or? The um, no, it is just um, an independent. I'm not an LLC, um, mm -hmm. and I that's kind of all new to me as well. You know, just having my own business is new to me. Um, and that's been, it's been educational and challenging, um, just setting up for taxes and, um, you know, the whole marketing, you know, marketing myself, because it's just me, I'm the only one. So, um, figuring out that whole aspect, especially with social media now, which, um, yes, I have two kids that are great with social media and usually pretty much laugh at me when I, you know, show them things that I, I put up um, and just roll their eyes. But um, it's, it's a learning curve for sure. But it kind of just goes back to, you know, you can figure out a way to do anything. And that's kind of how I feel. Um, and I, I just mostly as far as social media goes, i I focus mostly on LinkedIn. Um, I've been having a lot of fun with Instagram, which I knew nothing about um, beforehand. But it's it's actually kind of fun, you know, and it's you can personalize it some, and so that's good too. And I like LinkedIn because I can be myself, you know, and and still meet a lot of really cool people. Well, just in thinking about the the business model, because when you were talking about feeling a little bit overwhelmed with almost too much work. I, my first thought, you know, I'm putting on my coaching hat again, but my first thought was, hmm, maybe you could grow by bringing in people under you that want to learn how to do what you do and you can have them write some of your stuff and you kind of pay them, but they get paid less and you, you know, I'm just thinking of ways to scale your right. business. And, and so it, it I keep you around. Career. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it started my wheels turning. I said, oh, this would be a great yeah. model because I know there's probably other people that want to learn how to get into the business because I see those ads, those nursing ads from different courses and, and things like that that offer this type of thing. And I think you'd be great to just tell people that are new to it. You know, not you're yeah. right. Not everyone is a writer. Not everyone... Um, has you know has that gift but it's a skill you can learn you can learn and if you have that yeah. leaning towards writing you can always learn to be a better writer heck i might have you critique mm -hmm. some of my blogs 
<laughs> exactly. Well, you know, it's funny because I I have um, you know I have a website and a blog, and um, a lot of times I don't have time to get the blogs out, you know, and mm -hmm. um, a lot of times they're just SEO driven things. So you know, I show up on Google or whatever. So I do have guest writers to write the blogs, which they're just people who want to have something on their portfolio, you know, something yeah. to say, hey, this was published and and I totally welcome it. Um, and I, I agree with you. Um, I think that more, you see people every single day, nurses that uh, are, you know, medical writers, health writers, and trying to get into the business. And they, they message me all the time, just asking, you know, for advice and how can I do it? And, um, and I do know that even nurses that have been writing, you know, for three years are now, you know, teaching courses. And it's, it really is, it's a great, business model. It really is because I think that um, it's a very um, needed uh, service right now, you know, because so many people want to learn and looking at it the way you put it, that's probably not a bad idea to have the people that are learning from you, you know, and, and actually I do know one nurse who's a writer who um, she started as um, she has the guest writers and they actually pay her to write and she edits their articles. So they learn from, you know, how to write through her editing those articles. And, and that's a great idea too. So she's actually, yeah. you know, she's writing and she's also teaching at the same time. Well, I often think that sometimes we have things that are right there in front of us that we may not, necessarily see and mm -hmm. I want this is why I have this podcast because I want other nurses out there to listen to the podcast hear what you have to say and go I can do that right mm -hmm. I never yeah. thought I was going to be a podcaster even though this is this is full disclosure years ago in high school and college I was a radio DJ oh wow there you go and I learned how to talk on mics, I know how you know the the background stuff and a little bit of sound, a little bit of editing. I had a little bit of that, and mm -hmm. um, so fast forward to COVID, and I started out just doing a Facebook live show, telling people mm -hmm. where to get PPE and um, who who was hiring and how you know uh, the latest COVID numbers in our county. I started a new show doing that. Mm -hmm. And now it's grown to a full-blown news show every week. Yeah. And couple that with later on a podcast as well. So you don't know what you have in your back pocket as a nurse. All those experiences that you've had come together to make something great. And I could see there's a couple of different things that you could do um, just off the top of my head with your love for horses and your love for nursing you know there's a lot of places around that do like a horse therapy and maybe mm -hmm. you just kind of help somebody you know learn about how to take care of their horse because there's a lot of people that buy horses and don't know what to do with them 
Yeah. Uh, so we're we're not gonna get into that. <laughs> but <laughs> so, yeah, and so it, you know those types of things, and taking what you know about horses and how to keep the horses healthy, and what you know about humans, how to keep them healthy, all those different things you can utilize those skills in whatever way that you want to do. And quite frankly, I think you got a book in you. <laughs> you know what? It's funny you say that because I was thinking about that. Um, I just, I, for years, I've wanted to write a book, but a novel, but sometimes I think, you know, from experiences, and this is something that I've learned from um, nursing and from uh, talking with patients, families more than anything, um, and relating to them, um, especially as I had mentioned the, the alcohol, and we see a lot of alcohol withdrawal um, yes. in the ICU. And um, you don't necessarily think that people want to hear your story when it's your story, but people gain so much when mm -hmm. they're having, um, when they're in crisis, they draw so much from somebody who's had that same problem at some point and just to learn how they dealt with it and just to hear that somebody was in the same situation as they are, you know? And um, so I guess my point is that, you know, when you say, oh, I think I'll write a book about myself in this situation, you think, oh, who, nobody wants to hear about my situation, but you can help so many people with, when you have, if you've gone through something um, that's made you grow, I guess, then um, people can learn from that and you don't realize how much they want to learn that and want to hear your story. And I guess we see that a lot with social media now, like everybody kind of wants to know what's going on with everybody else. Yes. Um, so yes. yeah, I mean, I've, I've thought about that. I just, right now I don't have time to do it, <laughs> but I, I'd, I think that I would, I would definitely consider doing it. Um, just if anything to, to help other people um, if they were having, having trouble as well. Well, I think I think that that would be very helpful for a lot of people to know that you can one have a second career, you can pivot and change, you can persevere, you can overcome things that have happened in your past that may not have been positive, and use that to fuel you to go further. And I think that's a common thread in all of humanity is that need to overcome and to persevere. And I think just by tying those things together, your story may give other people the courage to um, make a change. I mean, you were a, a horse jockey, right? A horse trainer for, for a long time. And to make that stretch from riding horses to nursing may seem like an incredible leap for someone. But just yeah. knowing that you've done it will make it possible in their minds that maybe I could do it too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're right. And I'm glad you said that because I get it. It validates it, you know, like thinking that maybe somebody would want would could use that knowledge. Um, it validates it that are you going to write the outline? Like what, what, which way I should go with it? 
<laughs> you know what? We can we can definitely work work together. I'm in the back of my mind. I'm I'm, I'm very serious here. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna have to put you on the short list because I'm wanting to do a challenge, and in the next few months, and I was thinking I need to have you on as a guest on the challenge because there's so many people that want to write and don't know how to get started or what to do, and I think this would be an excellent segment for people on the challenge or maybe in the jumpstart um, uh, business program that I have coming up. I mean, I've got a lot of things that are on, on the market to, because my goal is um, is to help nurses to figure out uh, what other things they can do. So my, my philosophy always is you can leave your job, but don't leave your mm -hmm. profession. Yeah. Take those nursing skills that you've learned and use them in a different way. You, you know, you never stop being a nurse. You're going to be a nurse to the day you die. I don't care if you give up your license, you're still going to be a nurse. It, yeah. it, it, there's something about nursing that it just, it's in your pores. <laughs> it comes out of yeah. you. And, yeah. and those that really feel like it's a calling even more so. Mm -hmm. and, and, and that's why I wanted to give nurses a chance to tell their story so that other nurses and others outside of nursing could hear it because I've met so many people over the years that are like, oh, nurses can have their own businesses. Absolutely, they can. Um, yeah. Nurses do more than empty bedpans. Yes, we do. Yes. And so I, I want people to hear that story. And I thank you for sharing your story because it was very inspirational to me. Oh, great. Well, I'm so thankful that you let me tell the story. Yes. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get ready to wrap up here. But so my last question is going to be, if there's a budding writer out there, a nurse that really wants to do this type of business, what would be your first piece of advice for him or her? Um, if you if you want to do it, um, do it, you know, and don't don't let your own mind bring you down. You know, if if it's something that you go for what you want. You know, don't stay stuck somewhere that that you're not happy with, um, because there's so much out there that you can do, whether it's writing or, um, you know, being an advocate for people. You don't have to be at the bedside. Um, I don't know, work clinical trials, doing whatever, like you said, you know, nurses uh, have so much to offer in so many different ways. Um, and I, I don't think that they realize it, you know, how, how valuable your knowledge is um, and how valuable uh, your ability to communicate is. And it's something that um, there's a reason why you became a nurse and why you practiced as a nurse also and to be able to do that you can do anything now you made it through nursing school you can do anything in my opinion if you survived that part of it <laughs> you can do anything <laughs> but um yeah my my advice is don't let don't let your own mind hold you back because it can you know you just have to have confidence in yourself and i tell my kids all the time you can you can do anything you want to do. You know, don't ever, don't ever doubt yourself. I mean, 
if you want it, go and get it. And I don't care if it's something that's way beyond what you ever you can do. Just just put your mind to it. And it might take you 10, 15 years, but you know, you have the time. Just work at it. And and you'll get where you need to go. The idea is just get started. That's right. Exactly. Just get started. Get started. Put the first put the first words on the page. <laughs> That's right. One foot in front of the other. Yep. Well, I want to thank you for being an excellent guest. I'm so excited to have met you and to hear your story. Um, this is the Nurse Shark Academy. I'm Tina Baxter, the host, and I want to thank you for tuning in today. Um, how can they get a hold of you? Um, you can get me, um, you can go to my website, which is thecardioscribe.com, and you can find me on LinkedIn, or, and that's, I do have a business page on LinkedIn, but you can also get me at my um, LinkedIn name, Allison DeMagestri. And also I'm on Instagram, the CardioScribe on Instagram, which is kind of fun. It has lots of good pictures. I'm going to start doing videos if I ever get bold enough to do that. And I can do it, <laughs> but, but I'm getting there. Slowly. <laughs> we can talk about that because I, I've become a video pro. <laughs> okay. I need a pro. I need a pro guidance. <laughs> well, again, I want to thank you for tuning in to the Nurse Shark Academy here with Allison DeMagistry. Did you get it right? DeMagistry. Close. DeMagistry. Yeah. Got it. Okay. I'm going to get it right. Gestry. Okay. DeMagistry. I'm, I'm writing it phonetically. Okay. <laughs> so, I, so I'll, I'll do it right <laughs> when I do your promo. Um, Dima Gestry. And I want to thank you for your time. And thanks for tuning in to the Nurse Shark Academy. You can find our podcast on Podbean, Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, as well as our YouTube channel. Don't forget to like and subscribe. And please leave a comment. And we'll be happy to talk with you. And if you're a nurse and you own a business, we'd be happy to have you on the show. Thanks again for tuning in. And I will see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Nurse Shark Academy show wherever you get your podcasts or watching us on YouTube. Don't forget to like and subscribe and don't forget to hit the notification bell so that you'll know when all of our episodes come out. If you want further information, you can contact us on the nurse shark academy.biz.